Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Should the Big 12 be concerned about the intentions of their television partner ESPN? That is coming up on today's Big 12 Watch. I am your host, Josh Neighbors. You all can find us here on Crystal Ball College Football. We are part of the 365 Sports Network. You all can get this show wherever you all get your podcasts. We are also on YouTube right now. Uh, And if you all find us on YouTube, please like the video. Please subscribe to the channel. And if you're a Big 12 fan, let other Big 12 fans know, whether it be on Reddit, whether it be on message boards, whether it be on Twitter spaces. We have got a bunch of people who are now trying to find Big 12 content. Arizona fans, Arizona State fans, Colorado fans, Utah fans. This is the Big 12. Watch, we are five plus days a week of the best Big 12 content you all find. My name is Josh Neighbors. Those of you all don't know me, I worked at SiriusXM on Big 12 today as a producer for three years. I was the host of a different Big 12 podcast. Uh, I am now a host of another Big 12 podcast, this one here. I am now the host here uh, at the Big 12 Watch, and we are tackling some big picture things. We're going to talk about Big 12 basketball. That is coming up here in the really the coming days. And also, we're going to look back on everybody's season in the Big 12 Conference in football, including the four new schools from the Pac-12, and kind of assess how they did and, and what things will look like as we head into the offseason. So it's going to be a busy couple months here as we look back on football, as we look forward with football, as we talk about basketball, as we talk about the changing landscape of college sports as a whole. And we do a whole lot of talk about conference realignment. That's kind of where we're going today. But I was thinking about this general question because every time we watch the playoffs, the college football playoffs, some, some things come up. And I was talking about this yesterday, about how Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl was special because it was Michigan and Alabama in the Rose Bowl, but they had earned their way there. They had played their way there, right? And uh, it's the fact that you've beaten, you know, the Purdue's the world, the Rutgers of the world. Like you need those games each week because look, if you just got Ohio State, Michigan all the time, it would not be as special. The NFL does not give us Bills versus Chiefs every single week. Every year they try to, uh, and they hope they usually end up getting really great games, in the playoffs, but they don't give that to you every single week. Right. And if you're going to proify college football, go to the super league and disenfranchise a lot of people, you might want to be careful because there is a pro game of football, the NFL, which is more popular in college. Part of what makes uh, college football so popular is the football part. Yes. But also too, it is the fact that it is, you know, um, is the tradition behind it and the regionality behind it. And with conference realignment, we have begun to lose a lot of that. And so as geography means less and less, and it becomes more acceptable that we have uh, conferences that are coast to coast, right? The Big Ten is a coast to coast league now. Maryland and Rutgers are in New Jersey and Maryland, which are uh, states that border the Atlantic Ocean the last time I checked. 
and then Washington, Oregon, and California, where UCLA, USC, Washington, and Oregon are, are states that border the Pacific Ocean. Last time I checked, and they've got some states in between as well, right? And so we've seen the regional uh, you know, aspects of the Big 12 change. We've got multiple schools in Arizona. We've got multiple schools in Utah. We've got multiple schools in Texas. We've got a school in Florida. We've got a school in West Virginia. We've got a school in Ohio, school in Iowa, and every, you know, I'm talking about everywhere, everywhere in between, right? So we have those schools now. Um, and this conference is becoming more of a national conference. And as the sport changes, I think we have to be weary about how the sport changes. And the thing is, who is facilitating the changes? You know, Bob Thompson might tell you otherwise, but let's be honest about it. Everybody else in the know knows that it is the television networks. The TV networks are the ones who are driving all this. This is not tinfoil hat. This is dollars and cents. That's all this is. Whenever I make that 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 talking point, uh, you know, people say it's conferences. No, it's not the conferences. Case in point here is if you're a Big Ten school like in Indiana, in Iowa, in Illinois, and you are asked about adding Oregon and Washington and UCLA and USC, you know, I mean, let's just use Washington and Oregon as an example because the contract was not signed, the new one before the additions of Oregon and, uh, you know, is signed before they, they added, um, uh, Oregon and Washington. If you're those schools, why would you want those schools in there? You're already making $80 million per school per year, whatever it's going to be. Right. And competitively adding those schools does not put you anywhere closer, right? Those Washington right now is in the championship. USC is a traditionally better program in Iowa, maybe, but like better than Illinois, better than Indiana, better than Purdue, better than Rutgers, better than Maryland, like traditionally better than all of those programs. And so if you're those mid-tier programs, adding those schools might make you more money, but does it get you more wins? And I think Bud Elliott always says it pretty well from cover three in CBS sports, like are you rooting for a balance sheet or are you rooting for what's on the court, what's on the field? And so those schools probably did not want to add uh, those members, but who's calling the shots? Who wants those members? Fox wants Washington, who is in a you know championship game and located in Seattle. Um, Fox wants Oregon, who is Nike's college football team. That's a big deal. Oregon is a brand. I mean, Oregon's like the brand, right? Don't you talk about Nike, the most famous sporting apparel brand and their college football team. It is Oregon, right? It's not Alabama. It's not Michigan. It's some of those you know, different brands, whatever, like Jordan and Adidas and whatever, uh, you know, but like Nike's college football, I say Nike, I say college football. Who do you think of? It's Oregon, right? That's a valuable brand for you. And, uh, NBC wants that. CBS wants that. Those folks who are invested, mostly Fox, obviously, invested, they want that. So when it flips to the Big 12 side of things, right, ESPN wanted Texas and Oklahoma to go to the SEC. They want to create those matchups with Alabama and Georgia, 
right? And actually, footprint-wise, it's not too far away, right? I mean, Missouri is in the SEC. They're in the same division as South Carolina. I say all the time, one thing they got in common is the fact that both those schools are located in a place called Columbia, but there's not much in common besides that. They're both in the SEC East, right? And Missouri is about as far west, uh, you know, besides Texas, A&M, as, as, as the conference goes. So you see what I'm saying here? Actually, those, they kind of do fit in the, the, the new geographic footprint of the Southeastern Conference. And so they wanted that to happen, right? And so you think about that, okay, there's one way that we know that mm, maybe you should be worried about ESPN. Uh, a second thing I want to note about this is a lot of sports want to appeal to casual fans. I think a good example of this is the UFC and boxing, especially the UFC and WWE too, right? They want crossover stars because that's how they get the casuals involved. Conor McGregor is a great example of a guy who gets the casuals involved, right? They want guys who are kind of synonymous in other cultural spaces, right? Guys who are able to, guys and girls, say like Ronda Rousey, great example, you know, a, a star who transcends, you know, is in movies and things like that. That is what they want. They want casual fans to watch. And that's kind of what, you know, ESPN wants too. That's a desire out of all of us. So bigger brands does, a, does attract casual viewers. Now, once again, I would push back on to what extent. They need to be careful about that, but you have to understand that's what they want to do. And so that's why they, they'll bring Paul Feinbaum. We actually talked about this last year on my other podcast. Well, they brought Paul Feinbaum on first take and they talked about, hey, uh, should USC be in the college football playoff? They were talking about that and they were you know, basically discarding TCU and talking about how their schedule was weak. And it was just presumed weak because they're in the Big 12. And actually their schedule was just as good as everybody else's was. I remember the entire conversation we were having about this last year. Schedule ends up being just as good. Like it's, it was actually right up there as, you know, strength of record was right there too. They were not in a, a, too much of a gap where it mattered at all for them. And, and once again, I mean, some of the hardest teams they played were not just Texas and Oklahoma. Oklahoma was a six-win team last year, right? So they had other games. Obviously, they had to prove their medal and how good they were. So, you know, you have moments like that. Something else I saw today that made me think about this was, I don't know why they would let Stephen A. do this, but Stephen A. Smith, uh, yesterday, actually, this happened on Wednesday. I'm recording this late Tuesday. This happened on Wednesday. Uh, and so... Stephen A. Smith is saying they should move the Rose Bowl to SoFi Stadium. What in the hell are you talking about? Look, I know the Rose Bowl itself, like the actual stadium, is very hard to get to. I know it's in a neighborhood. I know the parking is not great. But like the fact that he said move the Rose Bowl to so SoFi Stadium is a joke. And I'll actually, let's see, present. I'll share the screen right now as I have it up on my Twitter or my ex rather, right here from Awful Announcing, okay? This is, you know, move the Rose Bowl game to SoFi Stadium. Why? Also, too, a part of this, Rick Neuheisel, who I used to work with, I heard, I heard Danny Cannell mentioning this. Rick Neuheisel said it's a fast track. It's actually good for offenses. So, like, the, state, like the environment itself is amazing, and the actual the field is conducive to great games, and we've seen great games in that field. You start doing that, I will quit the sport. Like I, I, I do not like we've already made enough changes. If we start doing this way too much, we are going to be in some serious, serious trouble. Okay. 
I already don't like the fact that NRG Stadium is going to host the championship game this year. You know why? Because guess what? We actually don't play. There is no big bowl game in NRG Stadium. There's no team that plays there. There's nothing significant for college football that happens at NRG Stadium. I think, does Rice maybe play a game there or something? Uh, whatever the stadium, I'm not sure if it's NRG now. But Houston doesn't even play their games there, okay? Houston doesn't play their games there. Rice don't play their games there, I don't think. I mean, Rice is on field stadium, or on campus stadium. Um, so, like, that's something that should be nicked because they had a graphic for it and ready and everything. So they went through production and talked about it. That should not be something that is even talked about. Like, I know it might be an overreaction, but like, it's a bunch of small things. Guys, if a company that is largely, in a lot of ways, in control of the sport is allowing its talking heads to go out there and be like, TCU schedule blows. Also, the same company that's moving Oklahoma and Texas to the SEC. And also, and also, oh, you know, our, our highest paid, most recognizable talking head thinks the most popular, most well-known bowl game, the granddaddy of them all, should be moved to an indoor NFL stadium. Like, this is, this is what we have to be careful about. We have already made a bunch of concessions about the way the sport is going. And I'm not talking about players getting paid. That's not what I'm talking about. But we have already made concessions about, you know, we, I'm saying like, we haven't allowed this as fans, but like, this is the way that it, it's fine. And if we have to vote with our eyeballs and our dollars. If we don't like what's happening, we have to stop watching. And that's not been the case. But do we want to live in a world where the Rose Bowl is played at SoFi Stadium, where our national championship is played at NRG? And look, a lot of them are played in NFL stadiums as it is. Not a huge problem, but at least make it a damn NFL stadium or at least one of the New Year's Six Bowl games happen. And so there's some connection to college football in the stadium, in the venue at all. All right. But this is a problem. Like, like this desire to be in the, the general zeitgeist, that's not what college football is. College football lives in the pockets. Uh, it lives in the small areas. It lives in the South where Mississippi does not have major markets. Arkansas, where I live, does not have major markets, but it has diehard fans who you would be, uh, who you would want as part of a conference. You want folks from Mississippi. You want Alabama because they care because that is their NFL team. That is their life. Alabama and Auburn football, Ole Miss, Mississippi State football. That's what you want. You want the smaller uh, factions, if you will, because actually they're pretty big fan bases and whatnot, but like you want that. And you should try to stop alienating those people. And this stuff, it's just offensive. It's offensive. I mean, I'm not sure how you could watch the Rose Bowl in that setting and watch what happened and be like, that needed to happen in SoFi Stadium. It was already kind of just like meh. To, I mean, the, the Sugar Bowl was great, but like seeing that in New Orleans – at least that's a football stadium that like that's got some college football history. The Sugar Bowls play there each year. Right, national championship games have been played there each year. Atlanta, it's fine. Like you know, but it already just you know it already does take a little bit of air out of this. I've been to a CFP game. Anybody else who has been to a CFP game knows this, and they already had a championship game in SoFi too. Um, anybody who's been to one of the CFP games knows this. It does not feel like a college football atmosphere. It doesn't. All right. It's just the Rose Bowl. I'm sure that does. Okay. But like I've been to one, I went to one in Atlanta. I've watched them on TV wherever they have played them and everywhere else. Right. They have got a little bit of a different feel to them. Okay.
Um, most of the indoor ones, like that's kind of the problem. Hard Rock Stadium is a little bit different, whatever they've got it now called, because it's outdoor. It's in Miami. I mean, I've been in the Orange Bowl for I went to the Orange Bowl in the Orange Bowl. Like that feels a little bit college football y. I mean, at least a college team does play there, right? And a college team does play in Hard Rock too. But you see what I'm saying? Like you just want some college vibes to be there. You know, let's not NFL the hell out of these games. Let's not do it. And a company that's got talking heads on there. And also got guys like Pat McAfee, you know, who's, who's come on to game day. And look, like I don't love, I don't love all the thoughts David Pollock has, but we got rid of David Pollock on game day, who I thought added really valuable information, and we replaced him with Pat McAfee. And I know some folks like Pat McAfee a lot, but like as far as college football goes, um, I feel pretty comfortable in saying college football universe, we're not all the way in on Pat, right? We're not all the way in on Pat McAfee as a um, you know, like talking head for college football. Maybe he gets there, but like that's that's not what he's there to do. So I would just say, like, I know the Big 12 has a TV contract with ESPN, but if you're talking about the health of the, sp- the the league itself, the Big 12, the health of the sport overall, like ESPN's got their, and mostly by their, I mean their short-term uh, best interests at heart. It does not feel like they've got the, uh, entire sports best interest at heart. And maybe the big 12 needs to be careful of that. Maybe they have to think about when they approach the next television contract, like you want to be involved with the SPN shore. Maybe you start thinking about what that means and what they want. And maybe there's other partners who want to be in the college football space in the big 12 business. Um, ESPN is great. Like a lot of ways they are great for the big 12, but I think there's, there's some reasons to have some concerns about what they ultimately want. I've already stabbed the conference in the back once, and I understand it from a business perspective, but you have to be careful about what that business interest could mean down the line for the conference. They've done it once. They would do it again if it got them something they wanted. And how the Big 12 counteracts that, I don't know. But to be wary of it, I'm sure Brett Yormark is, but I think something as fans too, we have to be wary of that moving forward. All right, that'll do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore at NWPod365 as well. Find the show wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube too. All right, folks, we'll talk to you on Yana.